This is the Go For Puck Live podcast, episode number 24, recorded Tuesday, October 16th, 2012. Welcome to this week's GPL podcast, along with Hammy and Vigo. I'm your host, Jupiter. Last week we had some audio problems, you know, I changed a few things on my end, so hopefully things go better this week, so just keep your fingers crossed. Well, the Gophers opened up the 2012-13 season last weekend with a resounding sweep of uh, an old foe, Michigan State. After that 5-1 victory on Friday night, I thought for sure it would be a much closer game on Saturday, you know, maybe 3-2, 4-2 type of game. That was obviously not the case with the Gophers winning 7-1. to one. So, Hammy, what did you learn from this past weekend? Are the Gophers that good, or is Michigan State that bad? A combo of both? I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on the whole weekend? Well, I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's the first weekend of the year, and you really don't entirely know what you're going to get with, you know, some teams at least. I mean, the Gophers obviously come back with a lot of, depth and talent so you expect them to be pretty good but you know Michigan State had a lot of new players and um, some new defensemen and you just kind of expect that there's going to be some growing pains and yeah I mean I don't think you go into any series with especially against a Big Ten opponent and think that you're just going to walk out of it having pretty much thoroughly beaten them both games and not really having much doubt in either game um, so yeah, from that standpoint, yeah, it's it's a surprise, and the depth kind of came through, and and uh, wasn't just one line, wasn't just the top guys, and you know the de- the defense did well, and you know the goaltending. I mean, they weren't tested a great deal, um, but nonetheless, they came up and you know one goal a night. So yeah, it was all around. It was a very good weekend. Yeah, I was a little surprised uh, how dominating Minnesota was the whole weekend. The Michigan State coach said, you know, he's breaking in eight new guys. I think that was a big problem. Their top defensive pair, John Drager and uh, Jake Chelios, really struggled against the Gophers' size, speed, pressure. Um, coach Latia talked about after both games, Gophers are on the puck every shift, and that was really key to their um, domination in Michigan State. That They were on the puck pressuring. They won the puck. They maintained possession. It was pretty impressive. I thought their breakout was outstanding the whole weekend. The the whole defensive core, except for a couple little breakdowns that, you know, they gave up goals in the third, they were just phenomenal back there, weren't they, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, you can't – It's I know we all kind of got into the discussion on GPL about player performances and people being, like, uh, a little bit sensitive if there was any crit- criticism given the scores of the games. But, hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it was it – was, there's not a lot to complain about. I mean, I, I thought that the new guys looked, you know, pretty good. Uh, there's going to be mistakes, of course. But overall, I mean, there's not a hell of a lot you could complain about given uh, the two games. And certainly uh, the score, uh, you know, I was pretty surprised at how they came out the second night. I mean, the first night you kind of think, okay, they're going to be charged up. It's the first game of the year. And you kind of are not too surprised that the Gophers are going to come out with uh, – you know, really, all, all systems go. But that second night, you thought, well, you know, Michigan State a rebound. I mean, you just kind of expect that in college hockey. And the way they came out and just stormed all four nothing lead and blew them, you know, blew their doors off right away. I mean, that was pretty surprising to me. Now, Vigo, 
I thought that there was a big weekend for guys who didn't do so well last year. You know, we got, you know, Isaacson's on the top line, but you know what? He scored, you know, after that, you know, hat trick the weekend before he got on the board. We got Boyd on the board. You know, some of these guys that didn't really chip in last year chipped in right away. And I think that's going to be pretty key. Yeah, I mean, you look at how easily the the defensemen for the Gophers were getting to the pucks, retrieving the pucks, starting the breakout. That made the job of the Fords way easier. On the first three goals, I think it was Howla, Isaacson, and Hole all took the puck, skated basically from the defensive zone all the way into the offensive zone and created the play. And I think, you know, it's a real easy game as a forward when you just get back to the zone, get to your depth, and then you get the puck and you're right out of the zone. And then you're in the offensive zone the whole game. It's an easy game to play. Hammy, um, we talked about it last week about, you know, Lucia playing some guys on defense up at Ford. And, you know, Friday night, Parento played. Saturday night, Hall played. How do you think they did? Did Lucia do the right thing? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, I thought that, you know, given that, um, you know, that's not their full-time situation uh, that they did pretty well, all things considered. I, I thought that uh, I liked how Parento, you know, he was, a, I thought, a little more physical, and I thought he was a little more involved. And granted, Hull had a couple assists, and uh, and uh, so, you know, he, he can't uh, take anything away from his performance either. But uh, I, I really, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. I thought that the defense overall, I mean, you can't question how they played this weekend. For the most part, there really weren't many mistakes. Um I thought that actually the new guys really um, stepped in and did real well. And, I, you know, I thought I have seen comments about how, you know, Michigan State didn't forecheck us hard enough or didn't do this or didn't do that. But, the, you know, the reality is, is the Gophers have a very good skating defensive group uh, for the most part. And it's hard to get in on players to forecheck them when they can get to that puck. And, you know, they're good skaters and they can make that quick uh, transition outlet pass, you know, it's hard to f- get a four check going if you have guys that are good at that. So, um, but I thought that the guys that stepped up front did pretty well and hopefully, you know, we'll see more of that as the season goes on. Yeah. I, th- I think it was easy lineups for them to, to step into and play. I think, you know, with the defenseman being so aggressive at getting back and treatment pucks, and I think Wilcox helped out as well. I know Lucia, uh, comments after the game, he was a little disappointed that Wilcox maybe uh, cost them a few of offensive zone faceoffs by playing the puck. But at the same point, he's the third defenseman back there, and he's helping start that transition right away so that four checkers can't get in on the puck. I think with the smaller rink at Tech this weekend, you might see a little bit more four checking that they'll have to deal with. One thing, you know, I was shooting uh, in the second period Saturday night when Wilcox was playing, and there was one time where. Michigan State was pretty tired, and they iced the puck. And Lucia started yelling, play the puck, play the puck, play the puck, you know, to try to catch him up. But, you know, I noticed Wilcox actually, he didn't hear it that time, and he let him ice it. But uh, I think that's something they're going to try. You know, we've seen this from Duluth, you know, many years ago. They used to try to do that to us. But uh, that's one time I did notice that Lucia wanted him to play the puck up, keep it going instead of stopping the play. Well, he's a young guy too. I mean, he's going to have to learn, you know, as I mean, granted he's been playing goalie for, you know, a while, but nonetheless, you kind of have to you know, judge how things are going in that particular game and make some judgment calls on, you know, are you going to play the puck or not? I, I I've always been a guy that doesn't really like the goalie wandering too far off. I just I don't know. <laughs> that just isn't my deal. I I'm a little old school with Yeah. That, you know? He was doing it too. <laughs> yeah. 
I grew up watching Rob Stauber too, so I I enjoyed that on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with it per se. It just I always worry with young guys: are they going to have the right judgment in making those decisions and skating out there? And it, and uh, you just always cringe a little bit when you see a guy skating out towards the circles and. And I mean, there was one time where I'm like, what are you doing? Get back in net, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so those times you get a little bit concerned about, but yeah, hopefully as time goes along, he gets a little bit more confidence and a little more experience. He'll have a better feel for when to do it and when not to do it. Yeah. He lets in a, an easy goal. <laughs> the coach will lock him down pretty quick too. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a good weekend. Um, I, I was very surprised with the results, you know, even when, you know, Michigan State has been down. They've always played us close. I mean, I don't recall too many blowouts either way, you know, since the College Hockey Showcase started back in the, what was it, the early 90s. You know, so we've played them every year, and it's maybe just a couple. Do you guys recall? I mean, I don't, maybe a 5-1 in there somewhere, but. Yeah, I don't remember specifics, but yeah, it's, it just seems to me like they've always been pretty competitive games. and usually Tie games a lot, too. Yeah, usually, yeah, usually they're like these tie games, and you know it's pretty competitive. So yeah, it was surprising for me. But like I said, I mean, when it's the first series of the year, you don't just don't know for sure what you're going to get. People or you know certain teams just don't have their, you know, there's either their special teams or whatever it might be completely organized. And especially when they've got new players on board, it's just it's hard to know what you're going to get sometimes. Well, we did have a WCHA Player of the Week, and I think some of you might know who it is. And now they come to center, and here's Mike Riley, just out of the box, a blast by Butchkin, and they score! How do you like that? They kill off the penalty, and seconds later, drill it into the back of the net, and that's the first of, I'm sure, many this year for Nick Butchkin. Well, locked up with Sorensen behind the play, and either one could get back down again. Now here comes everybody, and here's Kyle Rowe, and a point-blank deflection by Bukestead. And the Gophers have notched another one. His mom and dad are sitting just a few rows up from that corner, where Nick Bukestead has just nailed his second goal in two games this year. And, of course, that audio is courtesy of Fox Sports North. And, of course, it's Nick Bukestead, who's WCHA Player of the Week. I think I'm. I think it's deserved. It's good that he got started scoring right away. But what also did we hear back there? We heard Doug McLeod back calling games for the Gophers, and boy, it sounds so much better than Anthony Lapanta. Let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I, I like the way he calls a game, and I it's he's very old school, very old school. Yeah, he's entertaining, and um, you know, he I, I could you could tell that he was still. Uh, kind of getting a feel for the players and the names and all that stuff. Cause there's sometimes he, you know, maybe gave the guy a wrong first name or he said, you know, but it's kind of nitpicky. I mean, it's not like he's been following a team closely and calling games for the last few years or whatever. So you kind of give him, you know, cut him some slack and I'm sure that he'll uh, be on top of his game after a few weeks back on board. Vigo, what do you think? Did you get to hear any of the games this weekend on TV? I got to hear the Friday night game, and it, it was uh, a familiar voice to hear. And, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. I, I'm not going to dog too much on uh, the play-by-play guys. They have, they have a tough job out there, but uh, uh, Doug's doing a great job. And I, I got to talk to him a little bit Saturday after the game. He's like, gosh, there's going to be a lot of goals scored by this team this year. So I think <laughs> he's, he, right. he's looking forward to it. Yeah. 
Well, I was very glad to hear him come back. You know, obviously, the way that Fox got rid of Frank Mazzocco did not sit well with the fans. And then they went on to Anthony Panta for the last two years and um, not a fan favorite. He's doing the wild now. So it's great to have Doug McLeod back calling the game for the Gophers. It's uh, very old school, I'll tell you that. But uh, it's good to hear him back on the air. Well, there's only one WCHA series this week, and that's, it's the Gophers Michigan Tech. But there's a couple other interesting series out there. Um, Duluth, the Bulldogs are heading to Notre Dame for a two-game series Thursday and Friday nights. Uh, Hammy, what do you think of this matchup? I mean, Notre Dame usually a pretty good team these days. Yeah, I mean, it will be interesting. Uh, you know, I know Duluth uh, split this last weekend, and I, you know, they. You know, you just they're a team, like I said earlier, about you don't know entirely what you're going to get. I mean, they have some good players, some good veterans that are coming back, especially on defense. But they have, you know, certainly had to replace some very good players like Connolly and uh, JT Brown. So there's a lot of things that you're not sure about with Duluth yet. And I caught a little bit of Notre Dame on TV. And, uh, yeah, they're you expect them to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, I... I I guess I would probably lean towards uh, Notre Dame probably getting the sweep, but you just don't know. You know, when you have these teams that have, you know have young players stepping into roles, maybe they'll rise to the occasion, especially in the first road series and and surprise. But uh, yeah, it should be a really good series. Yeah, Notre Dame got off to a good start with their uh, two wins over Maine and uh, Nebraska Omaha, so that's obviously impressive. They're both low-scoring games for them. Um, so that's you know always a good thing as a coach to see your teams playing well defensively and winning close one goal games. Um, Duluth got in a little shootout on Friday and came out ahead, and then Saturday lost. But you know they're a young team; they have a lot of guys to replace up front, so they've got a lot of question marks. Uh, they, I think they had the conference player of the week this week, but a um, lot of holes there to fill. And it looks like uh, Mario Lucia is just starting to get back on his feet. So, well, maybe another month or so till he gets back. Any, any of you guys know his status? Uh, from what I remember, it sounded like he was maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. So it was oh, maybe okay. this is going to be maybe around the Thanksgiving time frame, maybe a little after. I don't know. It should be before. Uh, you know, the World Junior stuff, because that's what people were all focused on, whether he'd play in that, you know, if he was healthy enough. So I think he'll have at least a few weeks to, you know, show what he can do and, on the college level and um, get an opportunity maybe to be on the World Juniors team. Well, I'm looking forward to him coming home and playing against his dad in January. That's, it'll be a big matchup. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. Well, yeah, they, oh, they go ahead. So that they could get it after the juniors, didn't they? Yeah, they moved the game from like a Saturday or Sunday to Tuesday to allow everybody to kind of get their guys back, which I think is a great decision. You know, it'll be, you know, it gives the guys a couple days to get rest, and they play the uh, a top team, you know, with their top players. I think that's going to be great instead of what we've had to do the last few years. Yeah, well, I'm glad it's a home game for us. I can say that much because. <laughs> You know, because well, truly, I mean, you know, those guys that are going to be on that team, it's basically, I don't know, I mean, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head who on Notre Dame is a candidate besides Lucia, but nonetheless, it's like you're basically getting back and then you're turning around and having to go on a plane to go up to uh, Minnesota, you know, a day or two later. And so, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of mileage. The juniors are in Russia this year, so yeah. that's a that's a tough flight home. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a long ways out. 
Well, we've got North Dakota heading up to Fairbanks, Alaska for the Alaska Gold Rush Tournament. Obviously, uh, North Dakota's going to be missing a few players due to some suspensions. Will that affect them when they head up to uh, Alaska there, Hammy? I mean, they they don't always do well up there. Well, it's one of those things, and we've said this about the Gophers. I mean, it's the, the travel and all that. I mean, it might be, at least for here, I know that, I think, isn't it a direct flight now up there? It's a direct flight to Anchorage and then Anchorage, probably a right. little puddle jumper to Fairbanks. But, yeah. uh, you know, even when, you know, the Sioux, oh, sorry, formerly the Sioux, uh, have uh, played up there recently, you know, against Anchorage. Boy, I think they've split the last two or three years. So yeah, let's I, hope that they lose and piss off the uh, Who fans. Well, I don't, you know, <laughs> it's like we said. I mean, it's early in the season. And you don't know what to expect, and you're certainly not going to know what to expect when, you know, some a healthy chunk of your lineup is, you know, suspended. So I, who knows what we're going to see from them. I mean, I, I would imagine that those games will be a lot more competitive simply because of those, uh, you know, the depth that North Dakota won't have available to it. Yeah, and those, and those Alaska teams have both played real tight, low-scoring, tight-checking games. So, you know, if you get into a 1-1 game in the third, anything can happen, especially if a, lo- a young lineup's out there. So we know Christo is out. Is Who else is going to be out for North Dakota? I can't recall off the head, top of my head. I have no idea. I know Christo. I don't think Christo's even traveling up there. It's like, who's not out? Is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you probably have a point there. <laughs> Rocco's probably the plan. He wouldn't get in any trouble. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we've got a question from an email here. Um, uh, Morgan Shepard is wondering, I really like the play of Isaacson so far this year on the top line, but is there any chance that they put Hala there like, oh, wait, any chance that, oh, he messed up his email here, put Hala there like the power play unit? Sorry, just kind of trying to read his email there. Well, I know uh, that the first power play units, uh, Brutish, uh, Rao, Haula, Bugstad, and Schmidt right now. I know that Lucia said he was going to you know, trim the, the groups down from three to two this week, but I'd imagine those five stay together. Yeah, I, I don't see why they would mess around with, you know, you know, it'd be, I suppose maybe if it's a game where, you know, God forbid you get down by a couple goals and it's late in the game and you're trying to just, you know, jam as much offense on the ice as possible. I could see something like that, but I don't see why they would want to mess with that. You know, it, it, it just, to me, makes the most sense to, you know, keep it as it is. And I think that having that depth advantage, I mean, you know, the way that I look at the Gophers, it's almost like line, you know, 1A and 1B for their top two lines. I mean, really... I see the second line as being as good as most teams' top line. So um, I certainly think that you don't want to give up some of that advantage by, you know, putting too much on one line. You know, I actually like the lineups that Lucia has done so far. I mean, you've got the top two lines are darn good. And you got some, even, you know, you got con. I mean, the whole thing I really like so far how Lucia has done it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's been great. I, I, um, I mean, I usually there's tons of speculation and, oh, he should change this, should change that, but I don't think anyone's questioning Lucia right now. I, it's going pretty well. 
Well, yeah, it's pretty hard to question anything when you basically blow the Europe one opponent <laughs> off the ice both nights. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was very interesting to move Budish down to the second line. And, you know, it's, so far it's looked pretty good. I think that he's been a, a pretty good complement to both uh, Warning and Howlett because I think he eats up space and he's able to win puck battles around the boards. And, and uh, that's not, you know, necessarily a, a strength of warnings, but, you, you know, you have somebody out there with him and, you know, he eats up space and eats up opponents, and suddenly that gives a speedier guy like Warning a lot more opportunities. And uh, Howell is a really good overall player, so I think that's a very good compliment to that line. Exactly. I think that those first two lines kind of mirror each other. You know, they got the big guys in uh, Bukestad and Budish, and then you've got the, the smaller two two guys in there to kind of clean everything up. So I think it was a good decision to kind of break up, you know, Budish and put him down there with Howell. What do you think, Vase? Well, and I think Isaacson's a, a pretty decent-sized kid himself. I know he's 6'2", and he's you know 190 listed. He's a pretty big guy. I mean, on that Rao goal, he basically won a puck behind the net, protected it with his size, and found Rao out in front, made a skill play, uh, passing between his legs. So I think there's good size on all those guys. I mean, Howla, he's a, he's a well-put-together guy for 5'11". So, I mean, those guys are all pretty sturdy. So it, their top six is pretty set. What about some of the other freshmen that you guys we saw play this weekend? What about uh, Ryan Riley and uh, maybe Michelson? You guys have any thoughts on the other freshmen this weekend? Well, I mean, I you know, I, it wasn't like there was dramatic impact on the uh, score sheet from those guys. I you know, I liked the flashes that I saw from them. I mean, um, unfortunately, that Michelson and uh, that line was actually uh, a minus one on the uh, first night, which is kind of odd, <laughs> odd considering the score. You know, that I mean? is pretty weird. <laughs> but um, you know, I thought that that none of the freshmen looked out of place to me, and I, you know, especially the guy, the ones up front, and you know, the, the defensive guys. Obviously, they made an impact on the score sheet, and I thought that they did a good job uh, for the most part transitioning the puck and getting the puck up to the right guys and not getting. Uh, you know, making too many mistakes. I actually thought that, uh, you know, out of the defenseman, I saw more mistakes from a guy like Helgeson, for instance, than I did, you know, some of the freshmen. So, I mean, I, you know, I think that that's a, a good sign, you know, moving forward. I, I, and, uh, you know, Ryan Riley, I, I was, you know, I was a little surprised, but, you know, I thought he did pretty well, all things considered. Now, you know, I liked his speed and what he brought to the game. And um, so it'll be interesting to see, what, you know, if they, what the lineup will be on the road this week, you know, and that's concerned it won't be able to have as much flexibility and who, uh, who earned their right to go up to attack to play. Yeah. I thought Ryan Riley really surprised on Saturday. I mean, uh, he showed speed on one of those goals. He just went right around the corner, protected the puck, found the guy really impressive speed. Uh, Michelson, I thought held up his end of the bargain on Friday night. Both those guys saw some time on the penalty kill, which is something they'll need to do to get in the lineup. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see who goes. I think AJ Michelson's probably a better bet to play on the road when he can't control the matchups. Um, and then I thought um, Shea and Riley looked really good on the back end. Uh, Mike Riley maybe made a couple mistakes with turning the puck over, but he's a young kid. Probably wanted to impress a little bit. First home games at Mariucci, maybe press the play a little bit. I think in a tighter game. You don't see those mistakes. Indeed, indeed. Well, Hammy, you kind of alluded to it. You know, they head up to Toten this weekend to take on Michigan Tech for, you know, this might be the last trip to Houghton in a long time. And uh, 
Lucia is going to have quite a few decisions. I mean, he can only bring a couple extra players, I believe. Was it one or is it two players? I believe. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's something. Yeah, no, they're definitely limited to how many guys. Twenty-two players that he'll bring. So you know, he's going to have to make some decisions on uh, who he leaves home. I mean, it's possible. You know, a Hall gets left home, or maybe a Parento gets left home. You know, one of these extra defensemen. Um, just because he's limited by the numbers. Yeah, I agree. I, my guess is that they're going to, you know, it's probably going to mirror. I mean, I, you know, I don't know about specific players, but I think it, the, the lineups are going to kind of mirror what we saw this last weekend where you'll see them bring an additional defenseman with to play forward, you know, and give them some of that flexibility. You know, it worked fine this last weekend. And uh, the question is just going to come down to who's going to be that guy. And, uh, you know, I don't know on that one. That's that. That's you know. That's really the key thing that right now you, you just don't know. So I think obviously we'll see both goalies play, and and I think that uh, you know I think the top three lines are pretty much set, and it's just a matter of you know who are you going to plug in on that fourth line with like a you know a Seratori. I think he's pretty much a given right now to be um, going you know playing every night on the fourth line, and yep. so who's gonna you know it's going to be who's going to jump in with those with him on that line, you know, I'm assuming it'll be one of the defensemen and then, you know, then all bets are off. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I would echo what Hammy's saying on this. I think Saratori's got that spot locked down. You know, he's a junior, he's an older guy has looked fine so far. They'll probably want some flexibility. So they will probably bring a seventh defenseman and it's going to be one of those, those young forwards who might be left home. Um, I think Riley and Michelson both look good. You know, if they both get a game, I wouldn't be surprised. But being on the road, smaller rink, might want to bring a little more size. Okay. Okay. We got a question from JJ Kreitzer on Twitter. What are your guys' thoughts on the new hand pass rule and the defensive zone? It seems like it could cause problems late in games, and I would completely agree. I thought... uh, I hated the new hand pass rule. It just seemed to slow down the flow even more. Are you talking about in terms of being able to yeah, being able pass to hand pass? You know, they yeah. took it out of the defensive zone, and you know, anytime someone just touched it and another teammate touched it, they blew the whistle. You couldn't change. It just seems like another thing that could just slow down play and more stoppages that nobody likes to see. Yeah, I mean, I can see both sides of the coin. Why you would want to have it, why you wouldn't want to have it, and. Uh, Maybe it's because of, of the game I grew up with, but I just thought that, you know, limiting the hand pass altogether was the way to go. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, if you're, uh, I don't know, I just think it's, you shouldn't give the defense too many advantages. And it's like, you know, if they can't get it out of the zone with, you know, their stick, then, you know, it shouldn't be something where they benefit from some other way of doing it. So I, that's my feeling on it. I just don't think that, Passing it to somebody else to get it out of the zone or whatever I, with your hand. I don't know. I just don't like it. What do you think, Viggs? It's all about increasing offense. So okay. if you can't play with your hand, you know, it's just one more way to generate goals. Um, and probably, you know, takes away some confusion with the rule. So I, I think players just have to adjust and it, it'll be fine. Well, I kind of like the rule, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> So any other thoughts on this weekend? Um, obviously, it's the last trip to Houghton. I, I don't think either of you are going, are you? Nope, I won't be there. No, my parents are going, but I'm, I'm oh. staying home with my baby boy. Oh, that's probably the smart thing to do. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll be curious to see how it, you know, I am not as high on tech this year as I was, you know, last year. I mean, I, but, you know, they had, you know, eight goals in their second game last weekend against, uh, you know, Lake Superior. So, I, you know, maybe it's going to be something that uh, they're going to be better than I think. But uh, I, you know, what are you going to get your first road series of the year? I, you know, if the Gophers want to, can you know, win the league title again, I mean, you kind of have to go up there and take more than just two points. I mean, it, we always talk about splitting on the road, and that, that is great. But to me, if you want to be that top, team, you know, one or two teams, you've got to come out with, you know, more than just the two points every weekend on the road. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it's a disappointment if they don't get three this weekend. I mean, the the way they dominate on the puck against Michigan State, you hope that they can carry over and maintain that kind of play this weekend. I mean, it's going to be a smaller rink, tougher environment. They're they're busting up there on Friday morning. Um, you want to see them come out and get at least three. Well, and I think the other thing that I get, you know, you always get a little bit of concern when you have that first weekend where it's just basically two laugher type of games and you just start to worry that, you know, God, I hope these guys don't start believing, you know, their press clippings and that, you know, they still continue to work hard. And I mean, I even thought that after last Friday's game, I'm like, Oh boy, you know, I hope that these guys come out and still play hard, you know, and, and, you know, so I was real happy with how they won on Saturday, but you still have that in the back of your mind. You're just like, ah, I hope these guys, you know, keep their heads on straight. And it's just one weekend. It doesn't mean diddly any longer, especially in non-conference. You know, I mean, it does in the sense of the pairwise at the end. But nonetheless, you know, you kind of just want them to move on and keep the same, you know, mindset and keeping the pedal to the floor. Well, we're still kind of in that mode that we've been for the last three to four years. You know, the team has underachieved for the last four years. And it's just there's no doubt about that. And it's kind of hard to get back into that mentality of, hey, you know, we should be sweeping up at Houghton and we should be sweeping at home and things like that. Last few years, it's like, eh, I hope for three points. I hope for a split. So it's, it's kind of hard. You know, we've got a good team as we need to get back into that mode again. I, I do think last year they achieved a little bit though. Well, they did, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> that, that, that kind of built throughout the whole year. And it's just after so many bad years, it's just, we're, it's, we're not as used to it. I, th- I think the one thing about this year that's probably different than last year is Lucia's got enough depth where if he's sensing that one guy is a passenger, you know, not pulling their own weight, he can play other guys. He can play less guys. You know, he doesn't need to roll 18 skaters. He could, you know, he could weigh down on 12 or 15 and still get by just fine against most teams. Well, any other thoughts on the weekend, boys? Anything you're looking for? You, th- you think there'll any be any tweaks to the lines, or will he just kind of roll with it as what he's got it? Yeah, you know what I'll be most interested in is just seeing how the goalies perform. I mean, I think that okay. that's the one thing. You know, you didn't see him, especially Wilcox. You didn't see him terribly tested this last weekend, and um, you know, I thought Shabrowski got you know tested a little bit more, but you know, they had to make some saves, but it wasn't like there was a lot of pressure on you know on them, and I. You know, I don't know what the you know the scores will be, of course, and, and if one of them is a close game, you know, are these one of these guys going to come up with the big save when it's you know the right moment in the game, and especially if it's a one goal game, you, you kind of look forward to seeing how your goalies are going to perform when you know it's a little closer and there's a little more pressure and seeing uh you know if they rise to the occasion or not. So that that's definitely one thing I'm looking forward to, and plus, and you want to see how the young guys you know up front 
you know, and on defense, how are they going to, uh, you know, do on the road, you know, and, and granted, you know, tech's not exactly the most hostile of environments to play in, but um, nonetheless, it's a road series and you kind of want to see, you know, you know, how are these guys going to do away from the friendly confines of Mariucci? Well, tech is definitely not a hostile place, you know, a couple cowbells here and there, but with it being the last trip up there, there are going to be a ton of gopher fans up there this weekend, making a lot of noise. You know, Fox is, they're, they're renting a bus and bringing their whole crew up there for the weekend. So we get to see it on TV. You know, the last few years has kind of been iffy with the Michigan tech games. So I'm thinking it's going to be a sweep. You know, the only thing I'm looking for is, you know, maybe a little more improvement on the power play. But other than that, I think they're going to roll home with four points. Yeah, up in the the press row on Saturday, you could sense everybody wanted to, you know, talk about the power play. And then they got the late goal in the third period when, when Shea got that nice one-timer. But I think the power play looked fine. Uh, they were working three groups. Uh, they were all working pretty much the same system. Uh, they had easy breakouts. They gained the zone no problem. They moved the puck around. They were probably too selective with their shots. Uh, I think they had probably four or five shots only despite having the, the eight opportunities on Saturday. But I don't look at that as a problem. I think you know they get in a smaller rink. They're going to be putting pucks on net. The big question for me is if the game gets a little more physical. I, I can only really remember two pretty good hits on the weekend coming from the Gophers. I'm imagining it's going to be a little more, a little bit more uh, physical in Houghton. Um, so that's something I'm looking for is, is see how they handle that, see if Tech can get a four-check going, um, and see how the Gophers respond to that. Well, about well, the, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Hammy. Well, I was going to say that you know, as far as the power play goes, to me, it's not so much. You know, are they getting good? You know, are they passing the puck around? Are they getting good shots off? You know, that's the kind of thing that I look forward to more than anything else. I mean, yeah, you want to score naturally, but um, for me, a lot of it's you know the puck movement and you know do guys look like you know our plays out there are they they being made and the other team is just you know getting a good some good goalies you know performance on on, on that particular power player what you know there's just to me it's it goes a little more deep than just saying okay they were only one for eight or they're you know i mean i just i i i don't like necessarily i mean they were two for ten for the weekend it's not terrible you know and i, and I don't think that uh you know it was really that bad of importance and it like you know it was mentioned that you know they were kind of experimenting a little bit with some of the, I, I don't know that i like the top power play unit being so stacked and i feel like there is a little bit of a drop off and that and sometimes i wonder if maybe they uh need to spread it out a little bit more, but uh, I'm not the coach, so that's you know judgment call for somebody else to make. Well, one of the things they did, you know, in the third period, at least that I noticed Saturday is, you know, I think there was one minor earlier, and then we had the, the five-minute major on Chelios. They didn't run a power play unit. They just ran straight-up lines for, for both of those penalties. So, obviously, that's a little different than, you know, working on a power play unit when they're just rolling lines. Well, yeah, I think wasn't the uh, wasn't the, was it the fourth line that was out for that? For yeah, the, the fourth the fourth line got a power play opportunity oh, later. Yeah, so, so I think I, just trying to give them a little carrot. Yeah, <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, I I suppose Lucia is looking at it like let's take the foot off the gas and you know they want to put our main power play unit out there. You know, at that point, it's the game's over. It's six to one. So 
I could see why I'd do it. You know, but I, like I said, I just think that when there's a lot of experimentation going on with the lines and, and, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I think it's way too early to get too concerned about any kind of power play stuff. So anything else on your guys' minds for this week? As far as other performances or what we well, talking anything. Like a- What's on your mind? I mean, anything else for this weekend to look at or, uh, anything well, from the past weekend? Just. Well, Anything. I was a little—I was a little surprised that St. Cloud went out east and got swept. I, you know, you, they've kind of—I believe that they were going to be, you know, a top, you know, maybe four or five team in the league, and to go out east and and get swept, and they it sounded like their defensive unit did not perform particularly well in terms of turning a puck over and whatever. And uh, you know, that's supposed to be one of their better defensive units under Moscow. So, I mean, I. I was a little surprised by the fact that they got swept. I didn't think that that would happen. And um, but other than that, I, I and of course uh, BC lost, yep. which ended up and putting the Gophers it, in the number one spot in both polls. And somehow, and, somehow Union got a vote for first place as well, which is kind of baffling. Well, and Wisconsin got swept. Yeah, I was just well, that was say, nice. There was, there was a good cheer in the crowd sure. Saturday night for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody was thinking Wisconsin would be a top-half team at least. Uh, They've returned a lot of players. Then to go play Northern Michigan and get swept uh, in Wisconsin, you know, that's that's surprising. We don't need no stinking badgers. Yeah, I know. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, and they were kind of these low-scoring affairs. They weren't like, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just – I was real surprised. I mean, I really thought that – you know, Wisconsin would at least come out of that with a split, especially against a team that's not, you know, one of the better CCHA teams, or at least not in terms of uh, what the coaches or the media were expecting. So, um, you know, I think that's in the league itself. I mean, I don't remember. I, I know that the WCHA had a losing record, I think, this last weekend, uh, you know, and it wasn't very, wasn't very good overall. So, I mean, I think that that's certainly not a good sign when, you, you know, we always talk about, how important the non-conference schedule is, even though it's not a huge part of the uh, the overall schedule. But you know, when you get to those pairwise pairwise rankings and all that, and the influence of those non-conference and you know strength of schedules and all that stuff, uh, you know, it's not good to be losing. You know, having to lose a record out of conference. Definitely not good. Um, <laughs> but it's Wisconsin, so who cares? They lost. It's St. Cloud. They got swept. It's great. <laughs> Time to be a little cocky around here, because we know all the opponent fans just love it when the Gopher arrogance comes out. Yep, I've already been hearing it that our the, the big sweep by the Gophers is putting a target on the back already. I hope the team welcomes it, because the more targets on the back, the better it makes the team when you have tougher competition. Well, it's one of those things where we're going to see. I think this year, it's I think this year it's going to be kind of back to how it was years ago in terms of. The Gophers are going to, I mean, not that we didn't get other teams' best um, performance, you know, before when we were kind of down, but I think it, it means a lot more when the Gophers are expect, you know, who are one of the top teams and they're a lot of teams' main rival. And and so you kind of expect that you're going to get A games most weekends and you kind of have to bring it. So I think that's going to be a good thing as far as the, our team this year. I think we'll certainly be battle tested by the end of the year. Bring it on is what I say. I like it. <laughs> like I said, I think it makes the team better when everyone's gunning for them. So that's how you learn and it's how you get better. So, well, I think that's about does it, unless you guys have anything else. 
No, that's it for me. I mean, I, I'm just looking forward to the weekend. And, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to have these games, on, you know, on because I know that sometimes they weren't going to be broadcasting mm-hmm. these games. It's one of those that they always skip. So it'll be nice to be uh, seeing it. And like you mentioned, it's, the, you know, possibly the last time we'll be up there for quite a while. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Well, the television schedule is just tremendous this year. I mean, only the two games in Anchorage will not be on TV. So we really can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah, that's that's an amazing job by by Fox and Big Ten to get the, those schedules figured out. And I'm thinking, even when you know we go to the Big Ten next year, it's going to be something similar. You know, the Big Ten's not going to pick up a ton of games, and Fox will pick up the rest. So, I think things will be smooth when we transition over to the to the Big Ten Network or Big Ten Conference, I should say. Um, as some of you may have heard, uh, former GPL writer Ryan Cardinal was on KFAN today, so hopefully he'll still be spewing out, you know, gopher stuff on KFAN, so make sure you listen into there. He's still on GPL once in a while, and we'll definitely have him in on the podcast sometime. Also, you know, we'll probably get in a few guests in the next couple weeks or so. You know, Mazako doesn't mind being on, we'll get uh, Jess Myers on, and I was speaking with Jeff Dubay today, and he said, you know, he would like to come on sometime, and I'm I'm all for that if he wants to come on. So he's uh, getting back into the media, and I think that's a good thing for Jeff. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can always read what Vigo does on Gopher Puck Live, and you can follow him at EVigo on Twitter, and you can always follow Hammy on Twitter at Hammy Hockey. Um, Gopher Puck Live now has a Facebook page. If you'd like to check that out, you know, just facebook.com slash gopherpucklive. And, you know, you can just chat there if you want, post pictures. Let's see some videos from the games, you know, whatever you want. I just thought I'd throw it up there this year. Of course, uh, you can always contact us here at the podcast. Just uh, email to podcast at gopherpucklive.com. Or if you're listening live during the podcast, just give us a tweet at gopherpucklive on Twitter. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. Next week, we'll recap the Tech Series and preview the U18 exhibition as well as the Canisius game. So be sure to tune in then. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>